You were curious when you were at five. Don't lose that. Continue being curious throughout the rest of your life. If a customers want one thing and the stakeholders or the business wants another, it's ultimately in the business favor to align with the customer. There's just so much information about customer and we can reach a point of like, are we collecting enough information about the customer to make a good business decision? Welcome to the Business Night Out. If this is your first time, my name is Carol and I am a business student. Now, customer experience is a really popular topic in the business industry, and it is very important for any company to understand their customers if they want to succeed. But what is customer experience? And what is the role like being a customer experience strategist in a big software company? In this episode, we will be discussing customer experience with our guest, Yvonne, a seasoned professional with extensive experience in designing end-to-end communication projects with customers and building commitments with teams. She also provides insights of customer experience, leadership, and communication. So get ready and let's get started. Thank you so much, Yvonne, for joining us today. How are you? I'm good. Nice to see you again, Carl. Nice to see you too. So I will get started with five warm-up questions, and they're just for fun. Just say whatever that's in your mind. So first, what is your favorite food? Ah, uh, favorite food. I would probably say pork bone soup. It's warm. It's good for cold days, for sure. What is your favorite movie? Uh, favorite movie? Uh, most likely, it'll be the Pixar movie Inside Out. Very heartwarming. It's my favorite too. It's just so cute. It is. I it, It's. I think it's a great movie to sort of educate not only children and kids, but there's a lot going on in that, inside our heads, and to understand, be aware of your emotions. I think that's a very important concept. A lot about emotion management, and it's very important. Um, what would be your dream job other than your current job? My dream job? Uh, good question. I do like my job a lot, but if I was in another, Yvonne in another multiverse, <laughs> he would probably be working with NASA, most likely. I think there's something very interesting about the cosmos and the stars in the universe and to really help further human exploration into space. I think that's a really cool concept. Like the whole Elon Musk with SpaceX, phenomenal work. If you would ever have your own podcast, who would you interview and why? My own podcast, eh? Well, there's so many people I like to talk to, but I think maybe the dream guests I would have on my podcast would probably be Oprah. Yeah. I thought say Elon Musk. I guess Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Elon Musk is cool for sure because it's the whole cosmos. But I think Oprah, I really admire Oprah because she came from nothing and really worked her way up to really create a brand for herself. And just to be able to sit down and pick her mind and understand what were some of the difficulties and hardships she came through to really overcome that even from a societal point of view and to believe in herself i think that's yeah that's also my dream i mean elon musk is cool but oprah number one if you have to choose coffee tea or alcohol oh um i'm drinking tea right now but coffee 
All right, that concludes our five fun questions. Now let's get started to the real podcast stuff. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background, your experience, your career journey? Yeah, sure. So when I was in school, my goal was ultimately to make big money. Because <laughs> I came from an immigrant family where money was constantly tight. Um, so I want to create a life for myself where I didn't have to feel like that. So what better way to make money than to work in money, right? So I always had a dream of working in Wall Street with a newspaper in one hand and a coffee in another, walking down. So I went to school for that, studied that. Uh, but getting into investment banking was a lot harder than I anticipated. There's so much hoops you have to jump through, so much credentials you have to get. So once I finished school, as I was studying for my CFA, which is the designation you need in order to practice stock or investment banking, I found a job within one of Canada's top five banks as a data analyst. Um, and that was just a part-time job for me at the time, but that job really opened a lot of doors for me and really opened my eyes into the banking industry because it showed me there's so much more than just a teller. There's the operation, there's the sales bit, there's the marketing bit. There's a whole corporation within the banking industry and there's so much more to learn. So because of that, I started saying yes to more opportunities that sort of fell in my lap. So I started off in risk and then I moved into international risk for a bit. And then through that experience, I was able to wear many hats, picked up many skill sets, pivot around, and it was a good time. And then now I'm currently working at Thomson Reuters as a CX strategist. Can you tell us a little bit more about your current role as a CX strategist and tell us a little bit more about your current company as well? Yeah, so Thomson Reuters is an information and service business. So we sell products essentially for professional users. Um, so think of you're a lawyer and you need to look up an article for one of your cases. Typically, these are found in books, right? But now that we're moving to a new era, we need to digitalize that. So Tosser Reuters has tools. Um, this specific tool is called Westlaw that we sell to lawyers to make their job easier. But not only do we do that, we have it for tax and accountant folks. We have folks who's working in government, who needs to look up policies. So that's what I mean when I say we sell products. My specific role is as a CX strategist is my job is to collect information about our customers and data points about our customers to really understand how they're using our products. Because previously, when we create a product, we create a product with a goal in mind and then we sell it to people. But now that we're entering a world where everything's so connected, it's so much more easier to understand what our customer wants. It's better to ask your customer, hey, what is it? What is your problem? How can we help you solve this problem? And once we understand that, then we're able to build products for it. So my role is just to collect information, data, and then synthesize it in a way where we're able to communicate with our project managers so they can build the right products. Do you have a specific moment, like what sparked your passion in customer experience or strategy in general? I mean, I, this is probably not the only moment, but the most, most pressing, I guess, memory I can remember at the moment was when I was starting my home business, actually. 
I was selling Vietnamese dessert, this specific type of dessert called De. And through that journey, I was able to be a lot closer to the customer and learn through the customer what is it that they want from this dessert. And working with them, they were able to help me curate a dessert that they liked. And because of that, I was able to understand that, wow, without them, I would not be able to sell anything. Without them, I would not be able to create anything that they will actually buy. Because imagine me going blinded into this world, selling something I think is freaking great, but there's no customer feedback saying, oh, yes, we like it or we don't like it. It won't do really well. So because of that whole experience, I thought, it's really understanding the customer first and how, what their expectations are is really important. And that's how you really make a company grow. So it's like studying psychology of the customers, their pain points, what they want, their needs. That's very interesting. It's kind of related to marketing as well. You understand yeah. needs and wants, right? Exactly. Uh, marketing has more of like a sales point, like how could we sell it to the customer? But for a customer experience, our goal is just really understand, like, what are they thinking? How are they using it? How do they feel when they use it, right? Like to your point about psychology. And then once we are, it's, it's more on the customer side, like we're on their side as opposed to on the company side. So once we understand that, then it's easier for us to work with them. Do you have any projects you've been working on or you've done in your company or share that related to customer experience and their journeys or mindset? So my role is mainly project-based, meaning I work on multiple projects at once. So I'm working on tons of projects that really help make our customer journey a lot more easier, right? And one of them is essentially live chat or chatbot. So what that means is you're, you're probably familiar with this concept. When you go onto a website, there's a little nugget at the bottom saying, hey, how many we help you today? But sometimes that's a good experience and sometimes it's a bad experience. It's a good experience if it pops up at the right time when someone actually needs help. It's a bad experience when it's so annoying and keeps popping up saying, do you need help? Do you need help? When they really don't need help. They just want to browse around. So I'm currently working on this project right now to really understand how can we leverage AI to automate this process and really understand the customer's footprint on our website and really have it come out at the right moment so it's more helpful than it is annoying? So you mentioned that you work on the customer side more than the company side. So what if there are situations where customers and companies may have different goals, different priorities? And how do you solve that? Yeah, I think that's a really good question because ultimately, if a customers want one thing and the stakeholders or the business wants another, it's ultimately in the business favor to align with the customer. Because as a business, we, we don't rule the world. We don't say this is what it is and that people will come to us. That's just not how it works, right? Now we're in the age where people are able to do so much more research, read reviews. They have so much more power in their head. So it's really up to the business to align with the customer expectations and their needs and change our goals to fit their needs. 
Because at the end of the day, we want a win-win situation, right? So why are we pushing for something nobody wants as a company? And if the customer really say they want this, then yeah, maybe let's let's change, let's pivot and see how could everyone win. Mm-hmm. I totally agree because ultimately the business is all about serving the people, serving the potential customers and the society. So it's definitely the end goal is definitely to make everyone happy and everyone buy their products or buy their services. So what have been some of the biggest challenges or like changes in the field of customer experience you've seen this year? I think with customer experiences, the word itself is kind of new, but the concept itself is old, right? Like you said, you were able to tie that back to psychology and understanding of people. So one of the challenges I think today with society is there's just so much data out there. Now that everything's online and digitized, there's just so much information about customer and we can reach a point of like, are we collecting enough information about the customer to make a good business decision? Not only that, but we're facing against government rulings about policies, about what data and privacy issues, about what information we're able to collect, right? But at the end of the day, it's really about intentions and about how can we really help service the customer, but without invading their privacy? So it's a very thin line there. And that's one of the challenges we sort of face is like, how can we help you? But we need to learn more about you in order to help you. But how are we doing in a way where we're not invading your privacy? That's definitely something I'm interested in as well, because a lot of companies are using this cookies and uh, like, policies and you have to agree in order to use the products but how do you know your personal data is used by them like where do they use it are they selling it even so i think that's definitely one of the biggest challenges as the technology evolves in recent years in terms of solving the challenges what kind of skills do you think it's necessary for people who want to excel in this role mm-hmm. that's a good question i think critical thinking is really important and but saying again, that's for everything in life, right? It's so easy to feed someone the answer right in front of them. It's so easy to have a data set right in front of you. But sometimes you just need to go a bit further and sort of ask a deeper question. If you see if you see a rise in the usage of a product, it might seem like, oh, that means our product's doing well. But then there's like a dip in the month or so. So you need to sort of like ask questions. You need to ask why, like five times to really understand okay, on service level, this is what it appears to be. But like when we dig down deeper into the question, what is it really showing us, right? Because data doesn't lie. So I think critical thinking is really important. Communication skills also is really, really important. It's important for you to sort of communicate on behalf of the customers to the product owners who are creating these products because they might have a different way of understanding the data versus how you're understanding the data but and sometimes when you're asking the customers too right they might not even understand what they want they might be easier to show you what they want but it's like that saying when henry ford asked oh if we were to ask our customer what would they want they'd probably say they want faster horses but because of that he didn't ask that he sort of figured out what they need he was able to invent the car so being able to sort of understand what the customer really want and communicate it in a way where it's tangible and it adds value. I think those are the two keys and skill sets that's really important. 
Mm-hmm. So it's all about being proactive and being curious about the deep hidden reasons and like psychologists behind it, right? Yeah. You mentioned that communication is very important when you face challenges or face changes. I'm just wondering, have you ever encountered a situation where you use communication to solve a potential conflict because you're being working as sort of like a middle party between customers and companies? So have you have any examples of that? I could share. Yeah. So I think when I bring up communication, people think just verbal communication, just telling them their side story. But what, through my job, what I understand that people intake information differently and through different modes, right? Some are more auditory, some are more visual, some are face to face, some rather hear on the phone. So there was a problem where there's a miscommunication from like the top, the senior leadership level, where they misunderstood the strategy based off of my data that I presented. And that was up to, that was nobody's fault. It was just different people understand the presentation differently, right? I presented it in a way where it made sense to me and it made sense to my team because I presented it to get their feedback. But to somebody else who doesn't have an understanding in this world and they're reading it, it might not make sense to them. So therefore, they might create assumptions and pull from it whatever they may. So because of that, I understood that this person needs a bit more detail in terms of what I'm trying to say and trying to present. So I created a video. And hopefully in the video, I addressed a bit more detail. I provided visual aid. I was able to take them through the journey way more better as opposed to just a static document. So that's what I mean by communication, understanding what are the different ways of communicating and how to communicate to speak to that specific person and individual. Because if I didn't do that, then there would have been chaos. People would have been like, oh, I was told this thing versus that thing. But thankfully, because I understood that leader from that different department just had no clue what our group was about. So I had to break it down even further and I had to present it in a way where it's basically for a child to understand, right? Give them cartoons, give them words, give them a fun theme song. So it's easy for them to absorb. So it's a lot about creating tailored content and understanding each party, right? I think that's very interesting, but also a lot more effort needs to be put in to be able to communicate between departments. Besides the communication between departments, as a senior manager, I'm just wondering, what is your leadership style and what is your approach to leading the whole team or just managing various initiatives? Yeah, I think that's a great question. So I think in terms of leadership skill set, it's something that is not really taught much and it takes constant, constant work on to be a really good leader, right? Because you can easily be promoted to be a manager, but that doesn't necessarily translate to you being a good leader. To me, what being a good leader means is I am actively listening to my team. So I have a team who essentially does the hard work for me, and I am their cheerleader to make sure that their work is being brought upon to the leadership team and they understand what is the value my team brings. But in order to do that, we have to build a good team culture. So I have to understand what 
each and every individual goal is. How can I help them achieve their goal? What do they want out of this work? So that's what I mean by active listening. Really getting to know your team members, helping work with them and work their goals. And then how can we tie that up together as a team instead of me dictating, telling them, okay, this is what the leadership team needs. So let me tell you how to do A, B, C, and D. Instead of that, I like to take more of a collaborative approach and work with them to understand, okay, this is my problem. What do you think? How can you help us out? They're so lucky to have you as a senior manager and as a leader. Because you being creating such a positive and supportive environment and you care about self-development of each person, I think that's very valuable as a leader too. So besides creating a positive and supportive environment, what other qualities do you think that's very important to be a leader and to be a good leader? I think being a good leader is also protecting the team because I've been in a position where some leaders think their problems as everyone else's problems, but that's not it. It's sort of how you manage that problem, how you manage your emotion and communicate it in the way where it you're not stressing the people who are doing the work because they're already stressed enough doing their work. They don't need to hear additional stress. That's on you as a leader to sort of make sure they're guarded and make sure that the work that's being piled on your team, it's not out of scope or it's too much or it's overwhelming. So understanding the team that you're working for, being subservient to them, collaborating with them, because ultimately you work for your team as a leader. Hey, that is a very unique perspective because I feel like when we mention leaders or leadership, we just tend to focus a lot on how they providing guidance, overseeing the whole team, delegating tasks, but not as like a protector, because I think it is very indeed important for us to realize that leaders have a lot more than just managing the team internally, but also dealing with the external stakeholders. And they are also serving the team members. That's how I sort of see it, because they're the one doing the actual work. Your job is just to sort of guide them and make sure that, you know, we're all on the same path. So you work for them in that sense and not the opposite way. So I also noticed that you've held a change management role before. I'm just wondering, because change management is such a new, relatively new term in the business world. I'm just wondering what change management mean to you and what was the role about before? Yeah. So my role with as a change manager when I worked previously in the banking industry was I was responsible for implementing technology changes. So anytime a new technology is being implemented at a bank, we have to look at change from a people, from a process, and from a technology lens and see how this new technology affects everyone around them. And we have to prepare people for it because at the end of the day, we know no one likes change. We all hate change. So when we are introducing new change, such as a new tool, We have to make sure that we prep everyone for it, that they are aware how to use it, that they know the reason why we're doing it. So you don't face resistance and people saying, oh, I don't I don't understand why we're doing this. Everything is working well. Why do we have to change things when nothing's broken? Um, It's to prep. It's to prep the organization. It's to prep the people. It's to prep everyone that this is coming. 
so that when the change does happen, it's not too chaotic. So that you're managing the wave of the change. So there's less disruption. From your working experience, would you be able to share with us some of your strategies or tactics you've used to drive changes within an organization or just in your personal life? I think I'm going to tie back again to understanding people and communication because part of change is how you're able to influence people to be on your side and that and to make sure that they feel okay that this change is coming. So to have good influential skills, to be able to present it in a way where everyone feels that they're okay and that is not chaos, to communicate it in a way where it's not like a different language to them. These are some sort of tactics or tools that I use to make sure that everyone's on the same page, right? And I'll start again by saying active listening. Make sure when you're implementing change, Understand the person you're talking to, understand who they are, how they understand the world, so that when you're talking to them, you're able to speak their language as opposed to you speaking your language and you're like, oh, why don't you understand me? So these are just some of the ways that I sort of view the world and how I communicate with people to make sure that they understand what I'm doing is with the best intentions from a business perspective, from a personal perspective, and everyone's a okay. So it's again about communication and understanding each other's then a play and create very tailored conversation with parties. Looking ahead, where do you see yourself be five or 10 years and what are your career goals in the future? Yeah, I think I am very happy to be in this area right now. I want to continue my role as a customer experience professional. And ultimately, I want to be able to help people make amazing products for our customers. Can you talk about a skill or an area of expertise, either a professional life or your personal life that you're currently working on that will help you achieve your goal? And why are they important to you? A current skill set I'm working on right now is I'm trying to be better through a digital sense. So I'm trying to learn how to create better videos as a tools to help me promote my vision, promote my communication, promote how I see the world. Please, again, back to what I said earlier, different people intake information differently. Media is just another form of that. And that's one skill set that I want to focus on to really help make sure that people understand where I'm coming from. Just get to know you a little bit more. What is your hobbies and interests in personal life? Ah, uh, well, I like to dance. That is fun. That is my release. I'm also, I'm a big music fan. So I also play the piano occasionally at times. And I recently got into pottery. I'm not good at it, but it's something interesting and cool. And it's tactile where I'm able to use my hands as opposed to my brain just sitting at the computer all day. So I look for hobbies where I'm able to use my body. Mm-hmm. Have all these hobbies more or less influenced your either approach to work or approach to uh, communication or your life? I think all these hobbies makes me a well-rounded person. So I'm able to perform better at work. Because if I only focus at work and just do work, I'm going to be so burnt out and drained out. But because I'm able to dive into different areas, different communities, learn about different people. 
there's knowledge and insights everywhere around you. You just kind of have to listen to it, right? The world's constantly changing and it's changing so fast. And sometimes you can only read so much about it. Sometimes you just have to participate in the change to really understand how to speak to these people. And because of dance, I am so appreciative of dance because I get to meet so many people from all around different areas of life, different stages of life. I get to see that change firsthand in terms of how we are progressing as humans and what are we buying today, what's trendy, and really take that sort of insights back to work. Um, that's how that has helped me. Mm-hmm. Not gonna lie, I love dance as well. And that's how I met Yvonne. I really love building genuine relationships with people in the dance studio. So I'm very thankful that Yvonne would be willing to do this with me and very grateful for this. My last question I ask everyone, what advice would you give to individuals who are considering a career in customer experience or just in general? I think my advice for anyone in general, regardless if it's customer experience or working in finance or, or, or working towards whatever professional goal you want to, is remain curious. I think that's the key to life, essentially, right? I think curiosity is the most important factor which allowed me to make so many transitions from working in banking, from risk to international risk, first as a project manager to a change manager and now a CX strategist. I was curious about these things and therefore I went and start reading and learning more about these things so that when the opportunity come, I was ready. And once you sort of show your curiosity to people, the world would just really move in your favor and really open doors for you for you to feel in that curiosity. So I think that's one thing I would constantly remind people to to do. Remain curious. You were curious when you were at five. Don't lose that. Continue being curious throughout the rest of your life. Thank you, Ivan, for being here. I am so grateful that you're here. And yeah, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Carol. That was super fun. Thanks for having me. Hopefully there's a part two. 